ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Welcome to Bright. All right, welcome to Fright Central, where we talk all things horror. I'm Doc, and I'm back here again with Keck. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Uh, so uh, tonight we're going to talk about uh, Sundance, and then we'll get into uh, a few of our uh, things that I've watched recently, and then uh, a few of the things that uh, we've both seen, uh, TV-wise and movie-wise. Um, so um, first off, uh, the Sundance news, there was a few uh horror movies that came out that played at their uh, midnight screening uh there's one called uh, scare me it's a horror comedy about an aspiring writer who rents a snowy cabin for a weekend and you know shit goes bad (laughs) (laughs) uh that's mad unique yeah uh it's a it's a horror comedy it was already required by uh, shutter before the uh premiere at sundance but uh it's gotten good reviews um, I don't know what, when these are uh, necessarily coming out, but these are just ones that have been bought. Um, the oh, a big one was uh, the Night House, um, and it's a it was bought for twelve million by a Searchlight, and it's uh, about a widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Uh, then the, then I had I wrote this one down. It was called Bad Hair. It was a director of Dear White People. It goes in a sharply different direction with a crazy story about a murderous hair weaves set in 1989 Los Angeles at the height of New Jack Swing. And that's based on a true story? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's just like, it says there are definitely things in this movie you've never seen before. The Hollywood Reporter noted it's all the best when it goes for broke with batshit craziness. Yeah, you really don't need to have that much actual fact in order to tap the based on or even better inspired by true events (laughs) yeah that's true like that's the way i would market that like you know i mean i would like put like one or two maybe pushing three like small factual things into it and then just tap based on a true story like, i mean you could just do it like like that's how fargo does it they just put based on a true story even though none of it was based on a true story you can just do it for the fuck of it it doesn't really matter i think there was like some kind of like weird fargo like murder mystery thing that happened at one point like somewhere in north dakota that might not have even been fargo but i think there was like one thing that happened there that like made like a small town that nobody had ever heard of i think there was like some kind of like an event that was like the first time they ever got like major national news and I don't even know exact the exact details. You can look it up, but I think like one thing happened there, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. But because it was a small, isolated community where nothing ever happened, it was like a really big deal for them. And I think all the Fargo's, the movie, and like everything that's like related to Fargo, um, I think was first inspired by like just some random murder or something Uh something that gave the small town national news coverage i could be wrong but i think that i think the directors have come out and and said like the coen brothers have just said like yeah we just put that on there you know i wasn't talking about the coen brothers actually um it was something else it was a thing i was watching uh, called history buffs and they were going and what they were basically doing is they were talking about like game of thrones they were talking about a bunch of fantasy uh film and uh television that is a world of fiction that was inspired by a particular event like for example like game of thrones i didn't realize like as being so surreal and fictional Actually, a lot of the conflicts and a lot of the characters in Game of Thrones are all based 
on like um you know historical people from different periods including like the ottoman empire and stuff like that and like a lot of the locations especially in the desert are all based in like different uh areas of like ancient persia and things like that so i know this is a sidebar but like i'm just saying like it's really interesting when you look at like what things are based on and yeah i think all the far fargo i guess you would what would you call fargo like horror action thriller Con- Mister, mystery action, thriller dr- it's really a, yeah it's a comedy uh yeah yeah it, it, it's it's really like kind of a smorgasbord and um but yeah it was just interesting like i found out like what it is required to do to actually have that like based on or inspired by real events and it's like basically nothing so yeah fargo for the most part like just says that and it's just a complete lie yeah but like i guess you're just allowed to make like outrageous claims now and like it just doesn't even fucking matter yeah. so um, i mean it's a it's, a, it's not like it's well, a just uh, saying, non-narrative it documentary cool. <laughs> it would be cool if a movie about an evil way weave like is that what you're saying yeah. it's about like a, a murderous a murderous hair weaves set in 89 los angeles at the um, height of new jack swing <laughs> market that as inspired by true fucking events yeah <laughs> oh uh hulu picked that up for eight million so they'll be looking to for theatrical distribution but uh it shouldn't be a problem since disney owns hulu so i can see it getting a limited release so Eve, it's it's a television show no I thought no you meant it was a movie it is a movie hulu okay hulu but does hulu movies yeah. million dollars yeah. i thought you were talking about like something a bunch of fucking college kids put together in their garage no this is a, <laughs> this is a real movie that premiered at sundance these are all that's fucking these are all real movies <laughs> I, I, I know i know they're all re- you just said oh i made this one note and i don't know i wasn't sure if you oh. were fucking with me or <laughs> no i wasn't <laughs> well, uh, that uh, next one i got up uh netflix bought uh the day before the festival even started it's called his house and it uh blends refugee trauma with supernatural horror in a saga about sudanese immigrants in london area trying to settle into their new surroundings while fighting off the vengeful vengeful spirits spawning from their tragic journey again inspired by true events yeah oh yeah definitely so uh, it doesn't say how much Netflix bought it for, but uh, it sounds like uh, pretty good. Uh, Robert, RogerEbert.com dubbed it the kind of confident debut from the start to finish feels like beholding a major new vision in horror. Uh, forgive him. He know not what he said. Yeah. You should never it just says mention Roger Ebert. RobertEbert.com. So it could be like he could have some writer you know <laughs> like unless he dies in which case we should you know say like let's have a moment of silent for roger ebert but like otherwise he should never be mentioned on this cast again yeah. that's just my opinion so <laughs> try to work on that as far as i know he's not around anymore <laughs> like it could all be just other people putting shit on the internet <laughs> he's no longer available yeah <laughs> it's just it's just high, he just hires interns to write these things, for as far as I know. But uh, yeah, then there was another one uh, that comes out called uh, Horse Girl. Uh, yes, and uh, it was inspired. <laughs> yeah, inspired by, <laughs> inspired by a horse and a girl. Uh, star and co-writer Allison Brie from uh, Community and Glow walks the line between an alien conspiracy and her own paranoia about it in this strange drama. Based on Bree's own family experiences. So there you go. Based on a true story. Based on actual events. Yeah. And it's a a horse, like a girl that rides horses or is pumped about her horse. Or she turns into a horse. Like half horse, half girl. (laughs) Like Bojack Horseman? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I have no idea. I, I haven't seen any tra- I think there was a trailer that came out recently because it does come on Netflix on the 7th so yeah um I'm gonna go out on the limb 
I'm going to say it's probably not about a half girl, half horse. <laughs> he really doesn't want But it. in the event it is, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the movie um, Sorry to Bother You? Uh, it sounds very familiar. It came out last year, and it's about this uh, guy who um, works at, like, a call center, and then he, like, kind of works his way up the, the corporate ladder when, like, he starts using, like, his white voice. And yeah, like I, the, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. have not seen it, but I I'm familiar with the the, the white voice over top uh, over top of it is like Patton Oswalt or somebody doing like it's like his voice dubbed over top of the other guys. It's, it's hilarious, and then it takes like a weird twist like midway through the movie that like even telling you there's a mid twist like you still won't be prepared for it. Like that's the type of that's the type of hard left turn that shit takes. <laughs> And uh, once you watch it, you'll understand why I brought it up on this podcast, too. Because uh, it definitely goes dark. <laughs> uh, but it is a comedy. Um, then, let's see, what do I have next on here that came, or at least got bought, anyway. There was a couple other ones that I wrote down, but I don't see that they were picked up by anyone. Uh, I think the last one I'll mention, then, is... It didn't get picked up, but it's called... Uh, Possessor, and it's uh, Brandon Cronenberg. You'll recognize that name as David Cronenberg's uh, yeah. son. Uh, he directs this unnerving sci-fi mindfuck about a corporate assassin who hijacks people's bodies via gruesome brain <laughs> is, is implants. Is that the IMDb summary? Mindfuck? Yeah, no, this is from like a Variety, I think, or one oh, of those okay. websites. Um yeah, it says sci-fi mindfuck about a corporate assassin who hijacks people's bodies via gruesome brain implants to commit her crimes. A perfect fit for Sundance Midnight Selection and a tense chapter in the Cronenberg family legacy of body horror. So it looks Based like he's on going... <laughs> Based on a true story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it sounds Man, like... He's got a lot to live up to. Yeah, and the fact lot. for him to go into body horror, which is like what David Cronenberg's like known for... That's a bold yeah, choice like, too. Like. like his signature. That's like mad ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, know, they awesome. did describe it as an unnerving sci-fi mindfuck, so that's pretty much in line with a lot of Cronenberg films. <laughs> uh, oh, there was one more I, I should uh, mention. Um, there was one. Uh, it's a documentary called Leap of Faith. Uh, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. This is one for the true movie aficionado. As this is essentially just a really long Alexander O. Philippe, Philippe interview of William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, about the genius and the making of legendary film. That's pretty cool. So, I'm so always... that is based on actual events. Yes, yes. But it is a documentary. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a non-narrative documentary like The Exorcist. It's a regular documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I'm always excited for... Uh, for new like documentaries on like horror and horror directors those are always i yeah. think there's oh yeah definitely and like you know like one of the themes that we've had that i think we mentioned it like every cast or i mentioned it like at least every other cast i keep talking about the crop of like young writers and directors especially directors yeah like how many directors have we like mentioned on here since we've been doing it that we've been like wow you know they've barely done shit before this yeah you know what i mean and they come out with like this new like like mandy like that was some fucking aggressive and ambitious filmmaking like regardless of my feelings for Nicolas cage yeah like you know that and I, i'm saying so anything that like promotes like new talent like new directors especially to the horror genre which i think is really like you know kind of like on the up and up like i don't know it seems like not that long ago like when i would mention like a horror film to someone they'd be like uh yeah you know and just think about the like you know the crappy stuff that was coming out like 10 15 years yeah, ago like, like early mid 2000s like a bit yeah. of a dead period oh yeah you know what i mean like, would you agree with that i'd definitely and say like, in like the like, mid mid early 2000s were, were pretty poor yes yeah yeah no i'm not saying that like there was nothing but i'm saying oh, yeah, like, there were some good ones yeah kind of a dead 
period. And then, you know, and as much as I despise, like, The Walking Dead and stuff like that, like, that did add to, like, the... I don't know if I'd go as far as say reemergence, but basically the point I'm trying to make is I really, really like uh, seeing like these this new talented crop of not just directors but like talented screenwriters yes, and definitely. things like that. You know, people coming out of nowhere. So like I- I'm really, really excited about the stuff. So yeah, that's something definitely to check out. Yeah. What was, I'm sorry, what was the title of that again? Just oh, it was called time, the so uh, the make. Leap of Faith was the uh, exorcist uh documentary uh there was another one i just watched uh i watched a documentary recent called a leaf of faith Uh, it was uh about kratom that uh, jamie had sent me um that was a good documentary but yeah totally unrelated to this (laughs) (laughs) uh the other um i think there was another tom savini one that just came out on uh on shutter i believe uh the other day Uh, i haven't checked that one out either but uh, I don't even remember what it was called. I just happened to glance at it the other day. But uh, and can you can you uh, real briefly describe? You mentioned this last time, and I know you said it um, before. But could you like very briefly just describe exactly? Shutter is a branch, a uh, uh, part of Amazon service. No, no, uh, AMC. AMC Network. Oh, a part of they, AMC service. Yeah, they and it is they a own web it. streaming service yes. owned by AMC yes. that caters to horror and movies sci-fi. and t- television as well. Yes, they have some uh, TV shows, some original shows as well. And it's just for things in like the horror sci-fi genre. Yes, right? yes, like the oh. Joe Bob Briggs uh, Christmas yeah. special that I had mentioned. That's on there. I uh, just want like a, the new a final, like, the new creep show the new creep shows on there as well and then there's some documentaries and uh, new movies and they even do like a live uh, broadcast too so if you want to watch live with whatever they're doing or, or thanks watching. for the ride lady yeah. thanks for the ride <laughs> yeah so they have that they have like the live channel then they have it like broken down into if, different types of like uh, horror and then like you know their collection their favorites and stuff like that and they're always adding new titles um so but uh some of the ones that came out in theaters uh this month there was six horror movies that came out in theaters this this month i only saw five of them uh i was not interested in seeing the uh remake of the remake of of the remake grudge <laughs> you know because it's based on a, a original japanese yeah, I, film. Yeah. I, I i am aware and then yes, they remade so. it in the early 2000s uh, in the era of the shit that we were talking about and then they i yeah. think they even have a sequel at some point for Wait, that too wasn't, uh, they remade that again forgotten actress sarah michelle geller part of that what maybe she might have been i never saw any of them <laughs> I think she was. You I know vaguely, yeah, you know I vaguely. Sarah Michelle Geller is, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I vaguely uh, remember a trailer with her in it, but like, yeah, I was just not interested in seeing that. But I made a point after that to see, to at least try to see every horror movie that comes out in theaters. Because since I have the AMC stub list, and you pay like twenty three bucks a month, and you see like three up to three movies a week. So like I'll just go to the movies just to see something, you know what I mean? Like I'll be like, let me let so it's it's worth it. So I mean, since I saw five well, movies, what for if it was like fifty bucks a month, and like you could see as many movies as you possibly could in that month? I mean, I think three movies a week for four weeks is a lot of fucking movies so or what if it was a thing where it was fifty dollars a month and you're required to see every movie that amc (laughs) showed one time and if you did that it would only be 50 a month and it would be every month so you know what i mean like so basically you would pay whatever 12 times uh or yeah whatever 12 times 50 dollars is i don't know math anymore so whatever that would be you could see infinite movies for the year you would have to see every single film that came out well they used to have something like that and it was called movie pass and it failed so there's that (laughs) Uh, i'm not saying it's a good idea 
and yeah. I'm being very sarcastic, oh, but, okay. like, <laughs> I just see that for, like, you know, a film buff like you. I could see you actually taking that up. It'd be actually cool if you paid, like, if it was, like, some kind of, like, audience guild where, like, you would pay a certain amount of money to be able to see X amount of uh, films, and you would get, like, some kind of discount if you actually contribute to the community by, like, reviewing the films, even if if it was something you did not like like if you were basically you would go see the movie and then if you would submit like a coherent intellectual review on each film like you would get like an extremely reduced rate which would like kind of in a way form like sort of like a Yelp review for movies and it was like a mandatory thing that you could do and you could see all the movies you want to for a very very low price and and you were just required to be an active participant in a social community about the films. Yeah, but I mean, you could just, you know, become a reviewer and get paid to do it and get free movies. Yeah, I don't really think that. <laughs> I think you have to, like, kind of have the chops to be able to be a paid reviewer. Well, I mean, if you um, have a YouTube channel. You're like, oh, I'm going to be a professional film critic starting today. You know, if uh, like a podcast uh, blows up enough, you're getting paid to talk about, you know, horror movies and we're reviewing well, horror what movies. You'd have to do then is you'd have to you get, get like, big the enough. amount of people I... that are paid to do that. I'm just I'm simply <laughs> saying I think it's kind of unrealistic to think that like people are just going to get up and like start generating like revenue through their podcasts with like no experience whatsoever. I think most people would uh, be more incentivized if they were just told like, Hey, you have to become like a part of like this social community. And if you do so and you contribute like reviews, things like that, you could see movies at a reduced rate. Oh, well, they have the, that's what those like be professional critics that's what those sneak previews are for that i get emails all the time for you go there then you you sit in a group with other people and then you write down the, the review afterwards and then you hand it in and exactly. then they can go back and fix yeah. it they already have that, that that's <laughs> what I'm, that's that's what i'm talking about but you're able to you're able to do that for everything like you're it's able whatever. to whatever like sign up for that regardless of who you are oh yeah it's as long as you're not at, like a media pundit like you can sign up for those but i mean you have most of the time you don't know what movie you're going to see when you go there so that's why they're looking yeah. for like a diverse amount of people sometimes they announce it and stuff like that like the first movie on my list that i want to talk about my favorite one so far this month or should i say the month of january i guess you could say this year so far uh was color out of space and i had gotten invited yeah. to a special screening of that um but i didn't get in but uh nick cage and uh and richard stanley the director were uh, there and they did q a afterwards but the oh yeah didn't you wait for like hours yeah it was and, like two like, hours totally fucked over yeah. like what didn't you tell me like you went there and there was like nobody there and you're like oh shit i think i could just stroll there right was in. like 50 people <laughs> in front of me yeah but then after like all out. the legion m and like the uh, cast and crew like uh list and like people holding spots yeah it didn't work out but the viewing i did go to at amc which was the first night it uh had came out i think it was on the 23rd it was like a thursday Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, they actually played the Q and A afterwards, and uh, it was hosted by Patton Oswalt because he came up before before the uh, movie played, and he was and it was from that screening, and then afterwards they played like the full interview, and it was it was totally worth it just for like Nicolas Cage's jacket, like. <laughs> Yeah, like I just had leather I had this, studded like, jacket of like a woman coming up to you and being like, "Sir, you have to leave," and you're just there with your picture in Nicolas Cage waiting to get his face signed, <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, no, I didn't get it. No, I was told I could get in. I want to say him." <laughs> I didn't have anything to sign. I just wanted to go for the. <laughs> Sit there. <laughs> Nick Cage, his face, like a big, just a big picture of his face. Yeah. Like, no, no, I was told I could get in. Yeah. 
Oh, it was a very entertaining uh, q and A. I I thought Patton Oswalt did a good job. But, uh, yeah, cause, so Color Out of Space is uh, based on a short uh, story by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and uh, directed by uh, Richard Stanley, like I said, who had actually done uh, Hardware and a few other uh, documentaries and movies, and then he kind of, like, didn't work didn't for a while. Yeah, when was, I guess, doing his own thing, which is not in film. But uh, then he came back and, and did the this film, and he has a, a plan to do a trilogy of sorts, uh, at least all three. At least he plans on doing three H.P. Lovecraft movies. Uh, and the next one he has planned to write, write is uh, the Dunwich Horror. Um, but this one was uh, Nick Cage. He has uh, moved out and is living on his uh, father's farm, and he's raising alpacas. Okay. He's raising. I'm sorry. What is he raising? Alpacas. What is an alpaca? You, they're kind of like they kind of look like llamas, is is the best way to describe it. That's the first thing I thought of when you said that. Yeah. I thought of llamas. Yeah, a cross between like a llama and that thing it's, that because uh, they have riding. Like, in yeah, because they have like those like long. Back. They have like those long necks and shit. And then like, but they have like Do they make like real annoying sounds like. Right, like a weird like sheep oh yeah type sound yeah. like me like yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah that's and they have right. like wool and stuff now like that, that. You say that like it makes total yeah. sense like right. i completely picture that yeah and they have like oh, wool and shit like that so yeah he they're raising alpacas all right and uh but it's basically uh they're like a meteorite hits their uh, yard and then you know bad shit happens <laughs> like, it doesn't something happen like don't like the alpacas like kind of go nuts and they start like mutating like other creatures and stuff like that don't they start like affecting like the local life don't they like change the ecosystem yeah yeah the, um uh, somebody else had uh put it in a good way if you've seen the movie annihilation it's almost like pre-annihilation yeah it's kind of like yeah like how the uh color from the meteorite or what came in the meteorite is affecting and mutating the land around it and uh and it was a good way to and it's kind of spreading out throughout the land so like everyone's kind of going nuts and everything and of course it's perfect for for nick cage like for him oh, to just go yeah. nuts and like well i thought that like the first half kind of like dragged a little bit there were some funny parts but then like the midway point, just when you're about, like, at least I was about to be like, man, this is kind of dumb. Like, it fucking kicks in fucking really hardcore. And then it's just like, so the second half of the movie completely makes up for, like, the kind of the kind of dull of the first half. I mean, it, lo- and it looks it looks really beautiful, too. But, uh... I mean, everything was just calm. They're just farmers. And then all hell breaks loose. It's kind of, so it's almost like... They're just farmers. The meteorite hits pretty early on into, into the story, but then it's kind of like their slow descent into into madness, and then like and then you know you really get into the mutated part as well, and then it gets like full on like madness and mutation. So like, like by the time they know that like they're seriously starting to lose their shit, things pick up very quickly yeah the descent to madness gets gets really intensified yeah (laughs) you can say that yeah it's kind of like if you took lsd and then like we're having a good time and then suddenly the bad trip started to happen (laughs) you mean like if i was hanging out with minor and like we both took acid together and he woke up like three to four hours later naked in a dog cage in the dark in my garage where i was hitting him with a cold hose <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then God. but then in the middle of doing that you realized that something bad was happening <laughs> like minor start to mutate or something like that so <laughs> so you were glad that you put him in so you're glad that you put him in the cage <laughs> i just keep hitting them with those <laughs> But oh, and then uh, Tommy Chong's in it as well, and he plays like their hermit guy that lives like further out in the woods in like this little shack. And I thought he oh, he yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> so he pretty much plays he plays himself. himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> based based on a true story. 
Based on actual <laughs> events. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. you don't have to wait too long for this because it comes out on Blu-ray uh, February 25th. So I no word yet on when it's coming out on streaming. But I hope it's going to be on at least Shudder because it's by the same people who made Mandy. So And I thought that was a, a great movie and, and uh, also very visual. And this one is as well. Both visually stunning and like a lot of practical creature effects too. I thought it was, was really good. So, uh, did you have any questions about that one? I know you, you haven't seen all these on, uh, on my list that I've watched that I sent you. But, well, yeah, uh, I mean, you pretty much, you pretty much, uh, just answered everything I was looking for. Okay. Like what happened with the alpacas, yeah, the yeah. mutation, oh, yeah. how quickly, like, I believe in the like original the story, it's, yeah, like, I believe it, it, the original story, it's sheep. But uh, I think they decided to change that for some unknown reason. Because I guess they thought it'd be funny that Nick Cage would be raising alpacas. Because so it's like a, I, it's a funny I thing agree. to say. Yeah, so, <laughs> like sheep yeah, is too worried. Oh, he's always talking about like irony to it. Yeah, his son's like, yeah. Why don't we just like you know shave them and like we can sell like their wool and shit like that, or, and you know like make shit out of it. And he's like, nah, alpacas is the new meat. <laughs> he's like, it's gonna be taken off soon everybody's gonna want alpacas and we're the ones that are raising them <laughs> like and he's all he's talking about like selling their meat you know <laughs> instead of you know the rational part of you know selling their wool and like because then they can grow back and you just keep doing that like because once you kill them for their meat you you don't have them anymore <laughs> so i thought that shit was funny there, there's some funny moments in it but it's not a horror comedy it's just, it's a straight up lovecraftian cosmic horror and it go it's probably one of the best but would you say that if like i was there or like say somebody that was in your like inner circle of friends like we would probably find it amusing oh like, definitely it we'd, at least at least for ha- at least for half of it and then even probably beyond that we'd still even like the the full and hard parts we would still be like laughing about about because of like you know the way we are and certain uh <laughs> things we'd be laughing i don't, don't want to spoil it too much there's but. nothing that nicholas cage has ever been in that i have not thought was funny yeah oh yeah he it's really funny in this because one. of you know him yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there's just nothing he's ever been in yeah so. you get that full yeah, rage I, see, I mean i see it's defined as hi-fi uh horror sci-fi but like i just yeah with nick cage in there it seems he always brings like some kind of element of humor whether he intends to or not yeah 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 yeah, i can really tell from the interview that he did afterwards that like you're like oh no that's just him but like yeah like like like, he's not trying to like add something extra it's just that's just nick cage yeah but uh so yeah the the, uh oh, oh i think it's definitely one of the best adaptations of like lovecraft i've seen it's very very lovecraftian <laughs> like the, yeah the i mean i was just i was just as you were talking i was like just reading a little stint about it um so but when this meteor hits is it like it's pretty much content like they don't realize at first but like as things go on when they do like realize like the full implications is this like going to be an extinction level event like is this like an apocalyptic type thing Uh, or is this like just like you know maybe everything's going to be extinct and then like mutate it into something else or is this like just like an extinction level event like life as we know it will always like you know what i mean yeah well it kind of i mean it does spread but i don't think we get to the point where we see how far it spreads you know what i mean like it's a really only like the the cast is really only the family uh nick cage i forget the uh the actress's name but uh his wife and then uh their two kids a boy and a girl and then tommy chong out in the woods and then there's uh i think a cop a mayor and then um this guy who is works for like the water department because that he's like you know testing testing the land or the water or something because they're going to build like a new reservoir there and like uh then he's so he's it kind of sounds like that protomolecule thing from uh the expanse yeah yeah it's... like something that's like growing and mutating and like there is life it's yeah. just 
different life. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that would be apocalyptic. Yeah. So the meteor like hits like and it like you know disturbs the whole family. They bring out the the um like pretty much everyone else in the cast. They come and like look at it, and then when they come like and it slowly deteriorates and it does not like really affect it by anything. It gets smaller and smaller, and then. You know, and then, you know, people start seeing colors and hearing voices and, you know, madness is ensuing. And then, like, there's literal color that, like, you know, mutates shit. Like, you're, at, you're just going to have to see it. Cause it I got to be honest oh, with you. Like, I feel like I could use some of that in my life right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely know what it's like to descend madness and, like... I don't know. Sometimes it's not so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. then my uh, next one I saw was um, this movie called Underwater. Uh, it was about a uh, massive earthquake happens on a drilling uh, station deep in... It's like deep in the Mariana Trench. And it's like kind of future... It's like not now, but it's kind of like in the distant future. And, um, yeah, so basically it's the scientific crew, uh, is trying to escape from one station and get to another station. And, uh, this happens, like, really fast. Like, um, it does star Kristen Stewart, but don't worry, she does close her mouth a few times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, you went there, huh? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, she's okay, kind of known so for, she's kind of... She's kind of known for acting with her mouth open. That's all I want to say. And there are times where she acts with her mouth closed in this. So it's it's a it's progression. You know what I mean? Like she's actually, she's actually not bad in this. I'm gonna be honest. But uh, it's basically like starts with her like thinking about you know the isolation and being down in the deep for so long that it can it can kind of drive you crazy. Um, and then the earthquake happens, and then it's just panic like through the whole rest of the movie they're just trying to escape from the one station they have to go like out down to the uh, ocean floor and then walk out across and to to get to this other station to use their escape pods because all the other escape pods have been you know you know jettisoned or damaged or, or whatever and they had to stop the one station from exploding like on them while they're there and then escape across oh and there's monsters out there <laughs> So it's like one thing on top of another, and it just it just constantly builds. And I, and I thought there was only one moment in it where it was a little bit slow when they're walking out that I thought they could have really uh, built the tension on that if they didn't have any dialogue. But I get why they did it. But at the same time, it's like you're kind of low on oxygen. Maybe you shouldn't be talking. But uh, is Kristen Stewart opposite of Vincent Castle the? Uh... The, the French the French actor and director yes the uh, the guy in yes. yeah in this movie yes yes yeah, yeah. yeah she has a sh uh, she shaved her head actually, in this he's actually a um, a fairly talented writer and director as well yeah. although I'm not sure if he's directed any American uh, films I think it might have all been in France yeah I'm but, not sure yeah he's but, uh, yeah once you see his yeah, face I, you know exactly what he's talking about it. he's been a bunch I of stuff I had seen a trailer and yeah. I had remembered him uh, him and her as like the co-stars and it and she was wearing like some kind of like big ass like i don't like sort of like um like a vac suit like something that oh, you yeah. would wear like out in the middle of space yeah but it looked kind of like a combo between that and like what they rock in halo yeah you it know, is it like, is it's very much like a mech suit almost because it's to keep the yeah. pressure yes it's that, to keep the pressure from killing the, that's them that's what i was looking for yeah a mech suit. yeah yeah, it's very yeah. I thought it like it's only, it was only PG thirteen, so I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. And then I went in, and I ended up being uh, very surprised. I thought they did a very poor marketing job on this movie, and I will spoil a point a, a why um, in a minute. But uh, yeah, so like I thought I could have used a different name, and uh, like I don't know. It's just there were certain things like I thought the uh, I thought there were some great scenes of showing the deaths of like you know being depressurized too quickly i thought that was pretty well done like i thought they got that yeah pretty, i mean uh, that's that's so. an absolutely terrifying fucking scenario yeah van so they're all the way down there and they're in like a habitat 
like where they're, they're the... able like they don't need to be in the suit the entire time right it's not like oh no when they're in the station they're fine they don't need to be yes yeah, so yeah. they're living down there basically yeah. you know to get this done but like if there were to be some kind of an event yeah. and they needed to come to this surface rapidly their bodies would basically like just rip apart yeah they have uh like these uh pods that they can get into that'll that'll shoot them up and deep and depressurize so they don't you know explode but you know shit does doesn't always go well <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah. what i was looking for yeah yeah. I, I, yeah I realize that there's a way for them to come back up here yeah. but it's just it's interesting because like um if they're down there for like such an extreme amount of time you know what i mean in like like a higher pressure environment and you know you're they're there for like you know a while like months on end yeah. something like yeah that. it seems like it's months and on then, end because they're down there for like a drilling uh, uh you know they're drilling down there because you know why of course and uh and yeah shit just you know goes bad you know anything <laughs> like, yeah yeah, well, so. I always think about the part in uh, at the end of the abyss. Remember when the aliens like there's that huge underwater habitat that they've been in for a long time doing their research. Yeah. And then at the end, the aliens like drift the entire habitat up to the surface and they get out and they talk about like how with the pressure difference they should basically all be like on the ground dying. Yeah. And like I always, I don't know, like that kind of like having the bends or something like that just seems like it'd be such a fucking horrifically brutal way to die oh yeah like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah so, i guess they have the suits to go out like if they need to go out in the water you know to fix things because you can't do that from the station that's why they have like those mech suits but so that's why it's like kind of futuristic because they, they obviously don't have that now you can't just be going out in the fucking deep with a, just a fucking yeah, wetsuit i'm on. assuming that there's a lot of like it's like a very like claustrophobic thing yeah they like yeah. does the movie do an effective job of like you know basically like uh the, like you know portraying the like isolation and the close quarters and stuff like that like, i thought they I'm should assuming... have turned the uh, isolation part a little bit up but other than that i thought it, yeah it was kind of like towering inferno but you know under deep sea it was just like an explosion happens and they're just trying to escape you know what i mean like that's pretty much what this was just explosion happened and they're just trying to escape so but it's obviously different scenarios and uh, different movies so, it's just so the you, only thing i can think of that like, happened you, know, you would rather that like kind of like um like uh drug on a little bit underneath like like showing like what they were dealing with with like you know the intense like you know uh conformity to the close quarters and like the toll that that was having on their psyche so, rather than it just be like oh there's an accident we need to like get out I mean, of here that might like, might have helped i like this kind of movies. yeah i liked I, that's what i liked about it, the fact that it just kind of just started and i and it went off like right away and then you just kind of learn a, like a little bit about the characters as they as you so go you along looking for that that's what you i wasn't looking for i thought it was going to be more of a build-up and then when that happened like five minutes in i was like oh shit like this is just going like and, and i really yeah. i i enjoy that it was just you know it was like a fun uh like you know escape from the disaster type uh movie but like it and also included monsters and here comes the spoiler uh part that i wanted to uh mention was the big monster that caused the so-called earthquake was cthulhu they straight what? up yeah <laughs> they straight up so the director came out and said that that's uh that's what the monster was supposed to be and i was like that because when you see it you're like oh shit you're like is he, that and you're like around. yes he, you know he he was even in south park for a couple of yeah yeah and it's like the drilling <laughs> disturbed the deep i mean you have the other humanoid uh creatures and like there is like an alien type uh scene from like alien one with like a little one but it's, it doesn't get, like, there's no chest, like, exploding or anything like that. But it, it was still uh, very alien-ish. But, uh, and then like, even the humanoid creatures are kind of have that alien uh, feel so to it. So it had, but... like, something of an abyss-type scene going. Yeah, yeah. So they disturbed the, uh, the Cthulhu. And I thought maybe they should have just called it Call of Cthulhu. 
or something, you know, Cthulhu Arises, and it would have made more money because all the Lovecraft fans. Do you think that Lars would allow that without, like, some kind of substantial royalty? Who? Like, I'm saying Lars. Lars. Metallica. Call of Cthulhu is an H.P. Lovecraft title. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's public. Uh, it's public domain. It's public do- yeah. domain. He doesn't own the rights to that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just saying, and like I know, like you know, I'm like you know being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> but I guarantee you, knowing Lars the way I, do, yeah. he He'll would make, definitely try to get in there. He'd make a whole documentary about it. No, because there's that video game, and there's some board games called Call of Cthulhu. So. All we I'm could go out right Fox now. Fox. We could go out right now if we wanted to and make an HP Lovecraft movie. That's all. It's all public domain. But yeah, I thought if they just kinda... I noticed that it's only got an hour and thirty five minute yeah. and... runtime. So I mean, I'm guessing that just goes to what you were saying. So yeah. like the first ten minutes of the movie, like small backstory, and then not even. It's like five minutes. And then bang! It's oh, five so minutes like five of minutes. her like brushing her teeth. And, like, she helps a spider out of the fucking sink, Jeez. and then bam. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's that fast. There could have been, like, an hour before that. Like, if they wanted to make, rather than an hour and 35 minutes, you think it would be easy for them to have, like, an hour backstory where they were or just, I would like, say maybe even, like, their, like, creepy mind type. Yeah, I would have said, like, two hours, but, like, that, I feel like it's, I feel like it works better as, as this short thing. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know. I felt I felt I just enjoyed it better instead of well, like because because you know you never know like if you add like even like thirty minutes of a backstory like it could have been just so boring and like the actors could have just been bad and we could have just been like oh when is it gonna get to the fucking creatures and shit already you know what I mean? I liked it how it was just like bam it's just these people dealing with 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 the shit and how each one kind of deals with it differently and then you know. Some characters grow, others, you know, progress, you know, and, and this then film people get business. ripped. Huh? It was all business. Yeah, yeah, it was all business, but obviously not in the box office <laughs> where it didn't make yeah. that much. No, I, like, I, like I said, it would have been better if they marketed it as more of a Lovecraft, uh, as more of a Lovecraft thing, I think would have gotten more people out to see it, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully it finds its uh, life on streaming and shit, but uh, yeah, I, I would go back and watch well, it again. Well, you know, the problem is, is it looks like this is the only one so far that was not based on actual events. I mean, you could say that because drilling in the ocean is an actual thing. So, based on a true story. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. it, It is. It was inspired by actual events. All right, so yeah. so far we've had a lot of nonfiction on tonight. Oh, that was two uh two Lovecraft pieces. I felt like too. So, but yeah, they make my. Uh, I would out of the five I saw, I think those would be the only two I would even recommend to like actually check out. You know what I mean? Because the next one on my list, I don't know if you had any more questions about underwater, but uh. No, no, no. I, I feel like I've gotten it, but I do want to hear about this next piece. Uh, the next one I have on the list is Gretel and Hansel. Uh, Hansel's not so hot uh, right now, so that's why he's second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gretel's hot I mean, right now. Obviously, that was the uh, that was the first thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, Gretel? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because uh, Gretel's older than Hansel in this, so I guess they decided to make, and it's more about her than it is about. Hansel, so like I said, Hansel, it's so hot right now. Hansel, he's Hansel. so hot right now. Hansel, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's as everyone pretty much knows, it's based on the grim fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel, and it definitely does better on the grim side than you know the darker side than other adaptations of the same story that i found you know pretty lackluster in the past i mean it's actually a really beautiful film and i thought the uh the two lead actresses were really good um but uh yeah it kind of i don't know it just didn't do it for me in the end well uh, who who, uh, well i mean before you get uh, who was in it like is anybody i would know 
Uh, the... Because I mean, I, I I love this story. Like I've seen I've seen like plays on um, Hansel and Gretel, and you know other shit like that. Famously, when I was a kid, I always used to um, mistake the story of Hansel and Gretel for uh, Jack and Jill. <laughs> so like you know, like people would like say like Hansel and Gretel, and like I for some reason I always like interchange those two, and I'd be like, that's not really that grim and like you know jill's hot and then like they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about man? <laughs> and i mean yeah that's just a fun fact yeah. about me for some reason and like i i kept forgetting this yeah i would always go back and get clown people thought it was so funny i i did not think it was that funny but uh but yeah. uh yeah <laughs> it's by uh oz perkins who did i am the the pretty thing that lives in the house which is on netflix i have not seen that yet but i heard good things about it but it's got Sophia Lillis from uh, the um, It chapter one and well, yeah, mostly chapter one, and uh, and Alice Krieg, who you might know as the uh, like the Borg Queen from Star Trek and uh, Sleepwalkers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, obviously in like you know old witch lady makeup, but uh, yeah, it basically follows you know the basic story of Hansel and Gretel and like you know whatever century it's supposed to be but like there's like you know the plague there's not a lot of food their husband um their father has like left and now the mom's kind of going nuts and like doesn't want the kids anymore and so like you know outcast the kids and the kids stumble upon um the 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 witch's house and you know she brings them in and and feeds them in, in exchange for like you know help around the house like that and like you know it's very it's very atmospheric it's uh definitely a slower burn but nobody really gets shoved into an oven <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that that's what was getting him yeah you were waiting the entire time for the oven scene yeah. and it didn't happen yeah. the way you wanted I mean, to so now you're here on this cast bashing this movie because it didn't meet your sicky desires that's fucked up i mean the, the uh i mean of course the, the witch so still burns Willis, but... she's actually been everywhere recently. yeah didn't she like just start acting like within the like last three years was like, it chapter one or like first movie it, i think it was her first full-length movie oh, okay, yeah. yeah and since then i've seen her all over the place including um a show with uh amy adams called sharp objects oh, okay i believe it uh had one season on hbo and that's um that's uh that's something we could uh, potentially talk about at some point too because that was a twisted fucking horror show yeah, it was like a deep psychological twisted fucking like horror drama but yeah she's been everywhere so yeah so you're saying like hansel it's hard for me to say gretel and hansel so i'm just yeah. gonna say hansel and hansel gretel. Gretel, yeah so her, you know so the brother and sister they're like you know they seek refuge with the witch very typical 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 yeah. and everything's cool and then you were waiting for the oven and nobody got pushed in i mean was, i mean you still get like burned and stuff like that but i mean i did like wait no way i thought you were gonna say it went in a totally different direction oh no there no, no. actually was an oven that the witch tried there wasn't really an oven uh <laughs> But there, there is still, like, she still gets, like, you know, it's not really the oven you would think. I mean, I think maybe it's worth checking out for some elements of it, the way they did go about it. But I, I just don't I know. Just it just kind of fell apart at the end. Literally. Yeah. It just kind of fell I, apart at the end. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it was, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it was overall disappointing in the end, even though I, yeah. I thought it, I think it might be worth checking out. Just... You seem pretty speechless as to uh, your dismay. Yeah. But I can't help but think that, like, well, this is not, this was a short film as well. I see, it says yeah. it's got an hour 27 minute runtime. That sound about right? Yeah, it sounds about and, right. And it was more uh, of a slower so... burn than underwater, so it's almost like a completely different uh feel yeah. to it and it's and it's really beautiful too uh, like the way it was shot and everything but i don't know i just didn't like some of the story so elements what? in the direction it took uh but 
so overall, it, it kind of left me like unsatisfied. When they, when they found themselves uh, at the witch's mercy, you know, because obviously she was feeding them and giving them shelter and things like that. Uh, I mean, if I remember, the outside world was very unforgiving in Hansel and Gretel. Yes, yes. And, like, they pretty much needed the uh, shelter, well, shelter of the woman that they didn't know at the time was a witch. Yeah. Um, but they basically need it like you know and when she started to do creepy shit in the fairy tale it was like most people would have left but because conditions were so harsh where they were and at that particular time uh in history they were because you know this was obviously based on actual events yeah yeah and um you know they basically were totally dependent upon like you know uh you know, the resources that she was providing uh, them. Yeah, so, it kind of does that, but it kind of takes a different is, is, twist. Well, how how long does it take that they come into her care that things start to go downhill? Like, is it like, does it seem like everything? I mean, chill and does it like start to slide or does shit like is it like you know eat you know have a good night's sleep and like then the next morning she wakes up and the woman's just like over her watching her sleep yeah it's like, kind of almost uh like even before like they that. even before they meet the witch it gets uh it gets pretty dark but then like yeah once they meet her it almost like you see her elements of what she's doing and like maybe one of the kids sees it and the other one doesn't and then later on it's the one sees and the other one doesn't and it's kind of you know it's kind of a little back back and forth between the two and like they could move on but one of them wants to say they think it's a good idea and then like the other one doesn't and then they kind of go back and forth between that and then uh yeah, I mean, there's definitely some dark parts. There's definitely some visual idea. I just didn't, I didn't like a lot of the, uh, the, the witch backstory that they gave, and I didn't necessarily like some of the. Um, there's like voiceover. If they left the voiceover out and just kind of let the visual speak and tell the story, I thought that would have been better too. I'm sorry. What do you mean, like, uh, like uh, a narrator? Yeah, she like, uh, um, Sophie. Um, Lilith, the the girl from it, she does like yeah. a voiceover in the beginning, kind of telling, uh, the, oh, the, the 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 story about like the about the story of the of the witch or whatever, and then she so she gets kind of a, the witch gets a backstory, oh, okay. and then it, then she does uh, yeah, then I, she does I, like I, a voiceover yeah. again at the end, and I'm like, like I don't mind the one in the beginning that much, although I, I don't think it should have been needed. I think you should have just you taken that out. You would story speak for itself yeah, rather yeah. than having someone else tell a tale that I mean all audiences are very familiar with already. Yeah. You would rather the film... Yeah, I, I Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you should have, like, even with the witch's backstory, like, you could have just shown, like, just take that out and shown it visually and, like, that movie would have played much more like um, the movie The Witch from a few years ago. Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously, like, more of a PG-13 version of that, but it would have played out more like yeah. that, where you're just along for the ride, and you just are along with these characters of trying to figure everything out, instead of them telling you about, like, oh, uh, what was it? What was the, uh, sheep's name? Black, uh, Black Adam or something? What was the, the Black Sheep? What the hell is his name in The Witch? I'm drawing a blank now. The... In in the film The Witch, yeah. the uh, the English uh, the English film, yeah. um, the early colonial the the one that came out recently. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of the uh, the ram. Wasn't it? The, the I thought ram. it was a ram. The ram. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. the ram. Well, I can't remember the name of the black ram in, in that. It had like a it had a name, but uh, and now I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so it would have been like if they had told the story about about that, you know what I mean, in like an overdub in that in the witch. Like it just doesn't work, and I don't think it works here. And they do it again at the end. I'm like, man, if you just take that part out and let the let the visuals play, it, like it would have been. I thought it would have liked it better. There's a pretty big fucking difference between a sheep and a ram. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> With genitals. I'm just saying, there's a pretty big difference between a sheep yes yes and i understand that i understand that 
I'm just simply saying, like, you know, yeah. a sheep is a sheep, and yeah. a ram is, like, a powerful fucking warrior. Yeah, is a powerful sheep. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about and uh, <laughs> that's all uh, i have to say about that yeah um i mean th- did the ending leave a lot to be desired i mean ideally in a scenario like that the way i like the ending is where like you know the witch has her way like and the moral of the story is like you know don't go off with strangers yeah you know sort of like that or you know how the world is harsh and now how like you know predators can have their way and you know how like the rich will always eat the poor and things like that like that's how i that's how i always envision the story yeah like you know a call to like yo there are some really dark things out there like if you're not careful and if you're in a vulnerable state you really need to watch out for the terrors that lie within that's that's what i you know look at when i hear that story does it give you that kind of thing or no is it like some feel-good bullshit it's not no it's not a feel-good bullshit but it's just it more ties into like the witch's backstory in the end instead of being like you know an actual you know tale you know what i mean it's just you know like like you were saying it doesn't give you any type of uh you know moral uh saying behind it it just kind of gives you a fairy tale almost and doesn't really speak speak to the dangers of the world or anything like that you know what i mean but uh yeah i mean yeah i guess if you if if you have time watch it if you're if you're really it's, pumped about Hansel and Gretel, yeah, I gotta be honest with you. After hearing how disappointed you are compared to some of the things that you've been pumped about that I wasn't into, <laughs> like I can't ever foresee myself watching. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you know, even if if you told me it was like real dark and twisted, like I'd be kind of like more pumped to like see it because like I see it as a dark and twisted story yeah it didn't get dark and twisted enough for me man like it tried there were some points there were some points oh they do they eat mushrooms early on oh that shit was funny like that because you know they're wandering through the woods looking for food so they find mushrooms yeah and they eat eating mushrooms and they like trip out they happen to be the psychedelic mushrooms oh yeah yeah not not yeah it's not yeah. just your run of will no <laughs> mill, uh wild mushrooms yeah like. they were definitely psychedelic mushrooms i thought like the i thought because it was kind of like from not from their perspective but it was just you know shooting them and them reacting to the mushrooms i thought was cool yeah. but i kind of liked the way um they did it in midsomner last year the way Oster kind of you know showed how like everything was moving and stuff like that like I thought the way they he portrayed them on mushrooms was was a lot better. Even though I didn't like that movie that, that much either, but uh, that's another day. But uh, well, you know that's that's a bummer for me because out of all the uh, films that you had listed that you were going to uh, talk about this evening, because you know we had uh, you know said that I I had not seen them yet, and the one that I was looking for to the most because i like this story was gretel and hansel and uh you know it's a bummer that uh it doesn't seem like it's something that i would want to invest my time in yeah it's just kind of mediocre at best you know i mean but uh, yeah yeah, i yeah there's not much more i can say about that well and i mean if you are going to like compare i mean i hope that you weren't like comparing it like to the witch like because if you go in there with the mindset of that like you're gonna have a hard time yeah because you know that that film was i mean we could have a whole cast yeah just talking there were just similarities to it there was just similarities to it as an at, more of an afterthought, and I was like, oh, because I was like, oh, this element was like, kind of like the witch, and I was like, oh man, if they they did this like the witch did instead of this, it would have been uh, better. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really 
think about comparing it to The Witch until after I'd watched the movie. I didn't go yeah, thinking it was going to be The Witch. Yeah. All right, yeah. I was just saying, like, because I just wanted a grim. I wanted like, a grim. Yeah, I wanted a grim Hansel and Gretel story, and it wasn't grim enough for me. And then after I watched it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of cool stuff to this, but and then it, then that's that's where after seeing it, I was like, okay, like if they had done this like The Witch, it would have been. Would have been better. I mean, basically, I think it would have been better if they just took the uh, the voiceover out, and it would have made it better. But uh, what are you gonna yeah, do? I mean, well, so it, it just seems like from what you're saying, the movie just misses the mark and falls short in almost every fast. Yeah, I mean, although there's another one on my list, which I'll, we'll get to shortly, which uh, missed the mark even more. And it's, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, why this one's my I, third. I that why, yeah, well, that's why that's my like, third favorite. Pass, on that. pass, pass. Yeah. Oh, oh, there was no. There, yeah, there's other ones I think that came to streaming. Oh, well, no, it was the Grudge that I was like straight up pass on. Like I like I didn't even bother with that. But um, and wait, what was the reason? What was the reason that they called it Gretel and Hansel and not Hansel and Gretel? I don't like, know. I guess to be different. I guess maybe it's just because she was older, right? Because isn't the normal story uh, Hansel's the older one and Gretel's the uh, young girl? Is yes. that Yeah. So this way, yes. yeah, this way it's flipped. So she's older and he's younger. I think that's why they, oh, they named okay. it that way. So that that was the only difference. Yeah, it's just he's like a little kid in this. So and yeah. they were trying to be clever by not calling it Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. Well, I don't, I don't think I don't think the, calling it the, the other the way would have really helped. Story, at least the German version that I've heard of this story, because uh, is it originally a German story? Yeah, or I think the Grimm brothers are German, the, right? Or at least yeah. they're. Yeah, I believe so. I, 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 you can't. I can't. I wouldn't bet my life on, but like I, I believe so. And um, I know like from the stories i heard like it is a really really grim story yeah. like it, it it should never have become a fairy tale because it is based on something that happened and there is cannibalism involved yeah and it's really fucking grim yeah and i can't remember but it, it's based on something that i don't actually know if it ever occurred but there was like some uh, I could talk about it forever. I mean, this yeah. would lead into like me talking about like you know fucking the medieval period or something <laughs> yeah. of Europe. So I'm not gonna do that. But um, the point that I was trying to make is the original story is very very grim. Yeah. Very I mean, maybe if this it was kind of got turned into a fairy tale, yeah, like and I'm Disney not sure tale. how it became a fairy tale because the story's so dark and fucking disgusting um but it did so like it would be awesome if they had taken this opportunity to you know tell the actual yeah that's what i was hoping for was like oh like this looks like it's gonna be a horror it's gonna be dark like let's go it should have been fucking r-rated but yeah they should have went the full like story the original story like it's it's a fucking right there man just adapt it how hard is it be why do you have to keep changing shit like nobody i don't think anybody's done a proper version of it because they keep changing shit to it that's unnecessary yeah i don't know i i I don't know i don't know yeah i mean yeah i agree i mean the opportunity is there like you can make like something really cool like get fucking uh carrie fukuyanka to do it yeah and just feel like yo you have full control like i want true detective but not as happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just roll with it. Like we are very budget flexible. Do what you gotta do. Show us what you got. You're green lit, brother. Yeah. That would be fucking cool. But oh yeah. well. So it's everything that I would have not wanted today. Yeah. All right. I will be passing on that. Yeah. One. So I what mean, were you? Yeah. What was the? Uh, Sorry for the uh, abrupt ending right there, but our podcast went on for two hours, so I split this episode into two parts. Uh, Part two is available now, also on uh, iTunes, so you can go ahead and uh, switch over listening to that uh, right now. Thanks. Bye.